Welcome to a hilarious and informative show hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty. The worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling intersect in various ways. Both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome back to Storytelling in Spandex. Season 2 debut, we are so excited. We are so excited to be here today. Couple of quick announcements before we get on with the show. Stephen Dickey, sadly, has decided he has to leave the show. Uh, he's got too many responsibilities now with WOW, but he'll still be back as a guest very soon. We also have new socials, new social media accounts that you can follow, at SpandexPod on Twitter and at Spandex underscore pod on Instagram. Follow us, we'll be posting all bunch of news and highlights and links to the podcast and of course, memes, bunch of hilarious stuff, all dedicated to pro wrestling and comic books. But today, we have a very special guest, an old man of mine, somebody from the world of pro wrestling news, someone from Wrestle Royalty, a former podcast co-host of mine from a previous podcast that we've done called The Imperial Pod. You can check that out on WrestleRoyalty.com. Ladies and gentlemen, my good mate, Botch Raid. How's it going, mate? Hey, guys. How you doing? This is fun. It's nice to not have to drive for once. This will be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, guys, with uh, all the other podcasts that uh, we've done at Wrestle Royalty, including current ones, Botch is usually the one that has to uh, record and edit. And so he's very thankful that <laughs> I'm doing that today. So You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this will be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm very happy to have you here. And you know, we're going to have a bit of a change of format here today, guys. Usually we discuss, you know, two or three main topics and connect them both in the end. Usually pro wrestling and comic books and see how they connect. But this week, considering, you know, we've been away for a month and so much has happened in the worlds of both pro wrestling and comic book related media, we thought that we would just, you know, share you the highlights, share you exactly what's happened in the last month in the worlds of pro wrestling and comic book related media, all the news, because it's there's been a fair bit and there's a lot to discuss. And I know Botch is itching to go on with this first topic. So we'll just go straight into it. WWE taking over their independent contractors, Twitch accounts. Oh man, this is just so wrong in so many ways. I mean, a lot of wrestlers only working right now with their downside guarantees uh, for, for several months due to the pandemic. And because of this, they turn to other ways to supplement their incomes. Because for a lot of wrestlers, down, lower down the card, the downside guarantee really isn't much. And so they have to supplement their income through things like Twitch. And they were all having great time and they're all making money. One uh, wrestler in partic particular, Dakota Kai, was using all the money she was making to give to charity. And now WWE decides, no, you can't do that. We want a piece of it. And they're going to change their uh, independent contractor contracts. <laughs> you can see, me, you can't see me. I'm doing finger finger air quotes right now, but mm. it's just so wrong. I mean, uh, WWE essentially taking what was it, 80 percent of the you know revenue that they were making on Twitch, and they're just going to add that remaining left to their dance. I guarantee that is yep. wrong. Yeah. 
what what are your I know you had a lot of thoughts on this but so please share <laughs> I mean okay so here's the reality the reality is that the names that these workers are famous for don't belong to the workers themselves those names belong to WWE they're WWE creations they're copywritten by them it's their they're their trademarks yeah so as little as I like this, it's not like they don't have a leg to stand on. They, they kind of do. Um, I still think it's really, really janky to take it away from them on a whim. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's got, apparently the reason that they did it has something to do with COVID-19 and that the rumors that we're hearing is that AJ, AJ Styles talked about his COVID diagnosis on his Twitch channel, and that might have caused problems. There was also the whole Lana thing, too. Yeah. Um, just kind of conduct unbecoming a WWE star. And then, you know, obviously we know that the workers don't talk about COVID because WWE doesn't want them to, and here AJ's done it, so that might have had something to do with it, too. It's hard to say, um, but yeah. I mean, and, and of course now the Twitch, any money that they make from Twitch is going to become part of the downsides. So it's going to become part of their main contract. So it's pretty shady, you know, so much for not being employees. They're certainly being treated like them, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, e it's, it's a real shame. Yeah. You know? and, and even with the fact, you know, the copyrighted ring names, uh, Paige uh, uh, changed their Twitch profile to her real names. They are a knight. And they're still making her sign the contract. So I don't think really the changing in, uh, to their real names would be helping at the minute, which uh, I, th I think WWE is determined to do this no matter what. And the very surprising thing uh, I got from it, the big bit surprising detail, was um, Paige posting on Twitter just this simple one sentence, I learnt a lot about unionising today. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Now... You know, there's a reason why pro wrestlers don't have unions because, you know, the way the business works, you know, the hierarchy and the card, it'd probably just be a big fat mess. But it's just that Vince won't, Vince won't let them do it. That's all it's ever been about. They would do it if they thought they could get away with it and still keep their jobs. And the uncomfortable truth is whether we want to face it or not, there's only one company that's synonymous with wrestling and that's WWE. And the last time that they tried to start a union, I believe, was back in the 80s. And at that point, it was just WWF. There really was no place else to go that mattered. Yeah. Um, the trick is that, I mean, even though WWE is synonymous with wrestling and it's still the biggest company by a long shot, there are alternatives now. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, it, if it might not be worth pursuing maybe a little more rapidly than they did back in the 80s when you just couldn't. Yeah, that's that's. You can go to AEW now. You can even work the indies and make more money. Well, not so, not not right now with the COVID, but when maybe hopefully that's in, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully in New Year when we get vaccines, sure. But. Yeah, I mean in a, in a perfect scenario where all of these promotions exist, and I mean AEW is still running. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's, it's it's not like you can go. It's not like you go broke if you were just in WWE. There are other options available. Exactly. So. It, you know, maybe looking at unions might be might not be such a bad idea anymore you know exactly and 
it would be so interesting if it's actually being pursued right now because Paige, of course, being from the UK, a very union-heavy country, same as mine, mine, Australia, very union-heavy. Well, one of the main political parties here and there is associated with the union movement, the Labor, the UK Labor Party there, the Australian Labor Party here. So it will be very... So Paige comes from a, a country of unionisers, so it will be interesting to see if she's leading the um, charge here. Um, Look, I don't think it will happen, sadly. I think if they do get do even start a union, people will just start getting uh, losing their jobs. But the thing of that is a lot of these people who are fighting this because of Twitch are, believe it or not, making more money off Twitch than they are in WWE, which is the yeah. most sensational thing. I mean, Paige is probably making more money now on Twitch than she ever did in WWE, which is an astonishing feat. Oh, I'm sure. And you can't leave out Cameo either. Like, Cameo oh, no, is a big Cameo, part of this yeah. as well. Exactly. And other co- other companies like AEW have said, you know, you can have your Twitch things, you can have your side hustles, we don't care as long as you work for us exclusively in the wrestling thing. And, you mm-hmm. know, AEW's even trolled WWE over it. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, we've seen that, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is quite funny. So, I mean, yeah. there are options. It's still, it's still just an absolute bogus thing to do. And it just shows that this independent contractor thing is just... How many legal loopholes that they use to, to get that organized? Because if they're, they aren't employees, I'm, I'm Nick Kelly. So. Yeah, because, I mean, well, I mean, it's just logical. Like, if you, if you are contracted by WWE, let's, we'll use their words. Why not? It's funny. Um, but if you're contracted by WWE, they own your name, yeah. they own your likeness, and you can't work anywhere else. Yeah. That's not contracting. That's an employee. It's, exactly. I would love the wording in that contract that, that has allowed them to get away with this for 30 years it's very interesting the only i mean the only legal thing i could think of that they somehow do it is that they purchase likeness rights from them in their contract that's the only i'm not a lawyer but that's the only way i could possibly see that happening there as well as maybe purchasing um the rights to their ring name even though they've given it to them i, I, I have no idea but they're, they're using some legal loopholes here that you know people from you know, Oxford, Harvard and uh, Latrobe University here in Australia can work out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all very strange and it's been strange for decades and they've gotten away with it for a very long time. So whatever's in those contracts is rock solid. It must yeah. be by now. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, just look how much trouble Cody's having, not even buying his own stuff, buying his dad's stuff. Like buying you know, uh, names of the old pay per views or WCW NWA pay per views that Dusty Rhodes created. So, yeah. He can't even use his last name. Yeah, I know. He can only be Cody. Dustin can be Dustin Rhodes, but Cody can only be Cody. Yeah, because Dustin's, uh, I think Dustin's deal with WWE was um, he, uh, all the way back from the like, 90s that he, he would use the name. So, I think, I think he bought the name back in WCW. I think it's his. So, it's just. Is it? I wondered about that. Yeah, because he used to use it in WCW. That's what yeah, he used to use it. It's the natural Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In WCW, NWA, Japan, Mexico, it's always been um, all the other places he's worked outside WWE has been Dustin Rhodes. And I don't think he's ever been Dustin Rhodes in W. Oh, no, that's not true. He was a couple of times. But I don't he think he was. That, yeah, I yeah, don't he definitely think... was at the beginning. He was. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, in the, in the early 90s. But I don't think they ever. Yeah. I don't think they ever put out merchandise with him, which is why they never licensed his name, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember, I, honestly. 
No, neither do I. I mean, it was a bit before my time. I was born in 91. I think he started there, 89. <laughs> yeah, just a little before your time, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but, I don't think they ever did because he, I mean, when he first got there, he wasn't that big of a deal. No, he was he just was. tagging He was just tagging with Dusty. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. the only action he saw, so. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't recall there having been any merch then either, honestly. Not with, his, not with that name on it. Yeah, and he was, again, briefly in the 90s when he just uh, got rid of the gold, get gold dust character and became like a religious, religious zealot for some preacher True. thing. And he would, he would preach against like the Divas bikini contest and stuff. And yeah. like, like, it was like Bob Backlund turned up to, like, like Bob Backlund's <laughs> um, a televangelist or something. Yeah, it's like, it's like Bob Backlund, but not crazy. Yeah, I remember that. Well, it was funny the way they changed that. It, was, it took his wife having an affair with Val Venus to become Goldust again. So. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the money was in that gimmick. You got to go back to it. Yeah, exactly. Even though, it did, even, though it did get, even though it did get very weird with him and Luna Vachon, but never mind. That's not the end of the I think he went back I love to- that you said it got weird. Like it wasn't weird from the very beginning. That's nice. Well, it, got, it, got, it got weirder. I mean, yeah, yeah, Goldust was always a very sexualized character, but it got exceptionally until the very end, at the very end, he was just funny and weird. But at the beginning, my gosh, the yeah. wig, yeah. The, Oh, all the things, so many things. Yeah. In the end of the, um, uh, parking lot brawl at WrestleMania 12 with Piper, didn't that end with, um, Piper stripping that bodysuit off and he was wearing women's lingerie or something, this corsety thing. <laughs> and then they said, I forget. Honestly, I missed that. That's that I would, it wouldn't surprise me with the way that gimmick was. I mean, it personified the attitude era, unlike most things. You yeah, know? I know. But like, um, a bit after that, when, um, he was with Luna Vachon, he was coming up in all kinds of stuff. He was coming at ball gags and he was like, it was a very, you know, it was like, it was a very BDSM type of gimmick. But yeah, you know, I digress. I know that makes I know that makes you uncomfortable, so I digress. But um, <laughs> uh, good little Christian boy. Don't want to. Don't want to. Don't want to hurt the little Christian boy. All good. Um, hey. Here we go. Well, I'm, I'm sure you've heard worse from Kendra, so it's all good. <laughs> the yeah, basically, yeah, or Natalie. Yeah, all the things I could tell you. All right, moving on, moving on. Another subject I know you're you're very interested to talk about. The not so flash TV ratings of the once considered second biggest company in the world, Impact Wrestling. Oh, poor Impact. Uh, you hardly know ye. <laughs> and it's a shame because honestly, the last two, three years, their programming hasn't been half bad. Better than... No, it before. hasn't. They just, they have no clearance. No. They, you know, they, they, you know the, the, their owners bought a network for them to run, for for them to air on, and increased um, the, its clearance, but it's still like just for you guys to hear this. This is all on WrestleRawity.com, by the way, cheap plug. But their average viewership this year was something around eighty thousand, or, or thereabouts, eighty to one hundred thousand. And Watch mm, mm, mm. is pulling up exact numbers right now. Uh, yeah, but, I'm looking at it. Yeah, but in but the most sensational thing is when New Japan Pro Wrestling aired on that network, Access TV, or we should name the network, it uh, garnered twice, three times that number on average with less clearance. So it was such, and it was such a boneheaded move for them to do. And I don't know. 
And, you know, they gave the new uh, Anthem Entertainment, Impact Owners, who bought Access TV specifically to put Impact on, gave New Japan an ultimatum, work with Impact or you'll lose your TV deal. New Japan, obviously not having the best history with Impact, TNA, said, stuff yeah, we're gone. Yeah, and, they're probably, and they're probably better off, to be honest with you. So. I mean, look, here's what it, this is, this is what it is with, with Axis. Um, I, I won't go too deep into this because, yeah. I live in Washington, D.C. I live in the capital of the United States of America. I cannot get Axis TV. It is not available to me. Yeah. I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. If I can't get it, <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's completely ridiculous. And, and I, I also have to, to say that I love watching Impact's voracious fans go, well, the reason the ratings are the way they are is because they're on Axis. And you just explained why it has nothing to do with that. It simply has to do with the fact that people don't care about Impact Wrestling. It hasn't been bad. I, I won't say that it's been bad. Neither will I say I've been a regular viewer of it. I'm not because I don't have access. But so I have, to, I have to do it other ways. And it's, as TV viewers, we're lazy. If you make us work for it, we're probably not gonna do it. Exactly. And so I've only kept up with it every once in a while, but it's, and it's not half bad, but it's not great either. Yeah. It's not something that's that it's not like AEW is for me. Like I refuse to miss AEW. I'm, I'm yeah. always excited to watch it. It's not that neither is it NXT, which I'm a lot less excited about than I used to be, but yeah. it's not, it needs, they need to create must see programming and they don't. Nah, that's what nah. it comes down to. Not, not even close. I mean, uh, impact used to have a TV deal in Australia from about 2008 to 2015 on um, uh, pay TV, but um, uh, that went the way of the dodo. Uh, and I think in 2015, 2016, I, I think right when they moved to Destination America, I think that was around that time. Yep. So, yeah. no, they lost the TV deal in Australia, and I think they lost TV deals in a lot of other places, including the UK, which was their biggest market, actually, in fact, bigger than the US, because um, mm. they, they were on um, uh, Freeview Television. They were on broadcast in the UK at 10 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock Thursday nights. So they, were, they had big numbers, bigger than WWE's numbers, as a matter of fact, which is why they, when they went to the UK, they booked these big seven, 8,000-seat venues and sold them out. But, oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you know uh, it's just such a... Because Impact last two or three years has actually been quite good. I mean, Slammiversary 2018 was one of the best pay-per-views I ever saw. It was a superb show. I mean, yeah, the, the card from top to bottom was absolutely magnificent. And uh, Rebellion 2019 was also very good. The last appearance of uh, Lucha Bros and uh, uh, now known as Proud and Powerful on that show. So it was just, you know, that was a good segue for them going to AEW. That was an amazing full metal mayhem match that they had. So it's just... I do find it a bit sad, to be honest with you, that they don't. But uh, but Anthem seems more than prepared to keep investing in impacts. They bought them a whole network. They're trying to grow that network. Uh, they can try to convince New Japan to work with them. They didn't. Uh, there's always a bunch of rumours of Anthem trying to buy other promotions to merge with Impact to get more talent. So it's... I don't think Impact Wrestling's going anywhere, even with these no low numbers. You joke about it all the time. <laughs> so. We do. We make that joke backstage. At the end of the world, there'll be cockroaches, share, and impact wrestling. 
<laughs> That's the joke is you can't, they're undead. You can't kill them off. Nah, it'll be, it be share warming up, performing in front of that one cockroach and then the Impact Wrestling putting on a show in front of that one cockroach every yeah. day from, from, seven, from 7 to 11. So. Yeah. And they've got the, the, the weird thing is that they've got all the pieces to be successful. It's not, again, it's not like it's a garbage show. They've got, they've got really good people there. It's just, there's a disconnect between the people that they've got there and the matches that they put on and the audience that's willing to watch the show. And yeah. it isn't just access. It's something else. I wish I knew what it was. I wish they knew what it was. Yeah. Um, it's just very sad. It really is sad because I mean they're they're down there putting in work. Kira Hogan is down there putting in oh, work. Semi Kelly, him too. But it's like nobody's watching it. Yeah. They, there's just a disconnect. I think now that I'm thinking about, it, I think what their problem is is what their problem was even back when they were in TNA, and that's promotion. Yeah. They don't, they don't promote. I mean, they, they have- don't know how. I mean, they had Hulk Hogan on American Idol. He didn't say, so talk about it once when he was working there. He didn't there. say a word. I watched it live when it was airing, back when I cared about American Idol. He didn't say, a, he wasn't wearing a TNA t-shirt. Oh. He didn't say a word. No. Like, that would have been the perfect opportunity. Now, I will say that the one thing that, I, that they did that I thought was really novel is that they had a week's worth of episodes on Family Feud, if you remember yeah. that. I've, where they had them on opposite sides. It, that didn't air here, but I saw bits of it on YouTube. So It was really fun. And you saw the people behind the characters, although they were still kind of a little juiced up, you know, as the characters. But it was, it was real. Lacey Von Erich was a riot, an absolute riot on that show. Ken Anderson is insane as a human being. Well, Mick he, Foley was fun. Like they were, Jay Lethal was fun. He went out there in his trunks and it, it was, and Steve Harvey had a problem with it. He's like, you don't wear anything? Like, you can't come out here naked. But it was really, really fun. So it's like the one time that they get it right, you know? Yeah. yeah. But they, they needed to find ways and still do, even to this day, so many years after the fact, they need to find inventive ways to promote themselves. Yeah. And they just don't seem to care enough to do it. It's almost like Anthem is using the show as a write-off. I don't think so. I don't think they're pulling up. I don't think they're pulling a, a Sinclair with Ring of Honor and using it as a tax write-off. I think they've spent way too much money on it to, to write anything off at this point. But, but why would you do so little with it then? That's what I'm not understanding. They just do so little. It's like they just throw it out there and try to let it propel itself, and that never works. Well, no, well, they're not promoting it, but they're spending a ton of money. Uh, no, they bought them a whole television network, Botch. That couldn't have been cheap. No, it couldn't have. So, so I don't think they're well beyond the uh, well beyond the idea of you know just using it as a tax write-off. They spend too much money at the trying to grow it. They just, as you said, they don't know how to promote it. They're spending money on every other aspect of it. They're making sure it, it airs somewhere, making sure they have plenty of talent they can want. I mean, uh, the people working in Impact Wrestling, even though you know they're not being watched by many people, are getting large sums of money. A lot of them are get big contracts. I mean, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, they're earning yeah. 400k a year from Impact. That's big money. That's probably more than they were making in WWE. Oh, I mean, it's got to be. I mean, Impact actually outbid AEW for them. So that tells you something. If they're, willing to, if they're willing to outbid, you know, billionaire Tony, Tony Khan, that tells you something. So 
Yeah, but they've got no place. They've got no place to put it. It's like you're putting on a show and no one's there to watch it. Well, they have. They're also on Twitch. <laughs> oh yeah, that matters. That matters so very, very much. Yeah, yeah. That that's another cop out that you hear a lot from Impact fans. Well, they're probably doing great numbers on Twitch. You don't know that. Yeah. You don't release their numbers like that. You've no clue. Mm. I mean, I don't know. It's it's very very sad to you know for especially for for Heath Slater or Heath Miller. He's yeah. finally getting a shot somewhere and nobody's watching. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's sad, man. Very sad. And, you know, it's just some, because there's so many great talents there. I mean, Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan, Rosemary, Taya, Taya Valkyrie, Jordana yes. Grace. I mean, Impact's always had one of the best women's divisions on earth. Always. They never had a problem with talent. Never. There was never a point where I thought they have nothing to show me. I never thought that. I only ever thought that it was either poorly written or poorly promoted. Those are the two things I always thought. And maybe if I think the writing has changed, but the promotion hasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scott Diamore and uh, Don Callis, they know what they're doing as far as, you know, creating a, a wrestling TV show is concerned. They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. You know? That's that's the one plus side. But again, it's always been, it's, it's, it's almost like WCW, just no management. No, don't know how to promote, don't know how to run the business. They, 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 they've got good stuff. Uh, on camera. Well, but WCW knew how to promote. They had no problem with it. Oh, during the NWO era, yeah, but after that, they had nothing. They, well, by that point, they didn't need to. And I mean, it's important to remember that when WCW went off the air, they didn't go off the air for ratings reasons. As no. bad as the shows were, yeah, they didn't go off the air because of ratings. They went off the air because they because TBS didn't, TNT rather, didn't want them anymore because of the merger. That's why they went off. Yeah. And, and, and they were like, what? $300 million in debt or something? From oh, yeah. yeah. They were, they were definitely in the red, but it wasn't. It was never the ratings. I mean, the ratings that WCW was getting, even when it was truly terrible, are ratings that Impact can only dream of. It was like three, three and a half, four million. It was still the highest rated show on the network, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. WWE doesn't get those numbers. Ah, well, th- well that, was, that was 90s, 2000s before, you know, DVD yeah. and everything and streaming. So, but yeah, like I said, I mean... Sure. Uh, because you know, oh, it's just it's just so sad, man. And and look, but it's not just um, impacts viewership that's in 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 the tour that I mean. I mean, look at Ring of Honor after you know um, the the elite. Nobody does. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ring of Honor, even though it was just syndicated, that they were getting big ratings because they had the the New Japan relationship and they had the elite. But now, but now the elite's gone, and they you know. If, if it weren't for COVID, they're doing empty arena shows now because of COVID and those shows have actually been quite good. Those pure tournament shows, I would suggest people check them out on Fight TV or something. But if, if it weren't for COVID, they'd still be drawing no crowds anyway. So it's not much, not much difference for them. Here's the uncomfortable reality about wrestling in an empty arena. Like wrestling is not like a, your traditional sport. You can have football games in an empty arena and get away with it because the outcomes are not predetermined. No one knows who's going to win. It's yeah. an actual legitimate athletic competition. The same thing for basketball or for soccer or for virtually any other sport. Wrestling is not like that. Wrestling has predetermined outcomes. I'm not going to say it's fake because that's an oversimplification. It isn't fake. They're really working in there, yeah. but all of the outcomes are predetermined to some degree. The matches were orchestrated. So you can't have an arena with nobody in it. That's a member of the roster. It absolutely has to be there. Yes. So the idea of watching wrestling 
with nobody in the audience does absolutely nothing for me. I need, I need you to give me some kind of reaction coming from somewhere yeah. so that I can bite. Well, I've heard actually that uh, with, um, because uh, the virus is somewhat under control in Japan and they've allowed uh, people in attendance for sporting events and, and wrestling, uh, you know, uh, subscribers for New Japan World have actually increased by like 10, 20,000 because people are looking for wrestling with crowds and they're allowed yeah, one yeah. Th- and they're allowed one third capacity in each show. And that's two, 3000 people for them every show. So. Yeah. It's something, I mean, I, well, that, that this is actually feeding into your next, into the next. Exactly. Thing that's why I'm going there. So yeah. Yeah. I felt it, but it's <laughs> how about you, how about you introduce it and then we could go. Nice. Respect. Well done. You should host a show, you know. <laughs> really, you think? <laughs> oh dear man. All right. Well, as you know, as Botch said, segue to our next topic: fans in attendance. Uh, the news that uh, even even I heard about this. This is getting many laughs, even amongst non wrestling fans, uh, especially mm. internationally, just to show how. No disrespect to American view, American listeners, but uh, how much of a balls up the uh, coronavirus, uh, you know, reaction has been over there. The governor of Florida is allowing full capacity in arenas for sporting events because they're hosting the Super Bowl or Super Bowl, whatever American, not Super rugby. Bowl, you had it. Well, whatever, whatever the big game of the American rugby knockoff is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, that is what it is. I can't even deny it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that feeds into the idea that WWE and AEW are both currently you know, headquartered in Florida. Mm. And that means they're going to allow full capacity of fans to shows, which is a terrible idea on every uh, level. I can't. Yeah, I mean... I just can't. <laughs> I know. I know, I mean. I mean, I don't... I think AEW would probably have the good sense to not full, do full capacity at Daly's Place. That, that holds 5,000 people. I think, I hope Khan would say, maybe not the best idea. Maybe at, at most they might do the New Japan route and have one-third people in social distancing. I think that still dumb, but more comfortable with that idea. No, WWE, on the other hand, will care when they'll have 20,000 people in the arena. And they'll just make things so much worse. And Vince will not care. He'll he's he's got that Trump mentality. I don't care. I want to make money. And it's just ugh. Here's here's the uncomfortable reality of the situation. There are so many uncomfortable realities. That seems to be my buzzword for this podcast. But <laughs> the uncomfortable no, truth I, here. I think I might title this podcast that actually, if you don't mind. I might read should. <laughs> I keep saying it. But it's it's COVID isn't gone. I don't know why people think that it is. I understand that people are tired of it. I get it. It's been going on far longer than people even realize because I had COVID before it was cool to have it. But the majority of it hit in March. And so we've been dealing with this for about seven months now, over seven months. Yeah. So it's getting old. I agree with you. I completely agree. I'm very tired of having to be careful of where I go. I'm really tired of having to live my life less than. I would love to get back to normal. I get it. I promise you, I get it. We all do. But this isn't over. 
it's huh? just not over. None of the numbers anywhere, not even the numbers in Florida, indicate that this is over. In fact, if anything, there's another strain out there now. The thing has mutated. It's much more aerosolized than it ever was before. It's actually more dangerous. Yeah. So, I mean, if the, if the, if the, the bean counter down in Florida, the, that winner at life thinks it's a good idea to host super spreader events all over the place, then that's fine. But I, I just, it's absolutely sending people to their death. Agree. It is what it is. And it's not even just that, like what people don't talk about very often is that it's, it is absolutely true that the, the survival to kill ratio is actually pretty good. Most people don't die from COVID-19, but what they're not talking about are the after effects of the yeah. sickness. No yeah. one is mentioning that. I know several who are permanently maimed as a result exactly. of not being careful. You can have lung damage for the rest of your life. No one, there are not enough people who are talking about that. So you want to host a super spreader event with a wrestling ring? Just, like, what are you thinking? And I mean, I guess we probably shouldn't even get started on Fozzie hosting super spreader events at the shows. I guess we should leave that out. I don't know. But it's just, you're playing with people's lives here. Oh, it's just so stupid. It's just bankrupt in every conceivable way. Don't, if y'all are listening to this, you can control this by not going. You can speak with your wallets and be like, this is too dangerous. I'm yep. not going. And yep. if you speak loudly enough, and if you don't go, WWE and the others, and there are many others, will be forced to reconsider their decision. You can control what they do by not opening your wallet. I, I, I agree, but unfortunately, I don't think... I think a lot of people will just will ignore that advice and just go. That's a sad thing, you know. I think people are so sick of this thing. I mean, right now there's a second wave happening in my part of Australia, uh, specifically mm -hmm. around metropolitan Melbourne and surrounding uh, surrounding cities, and they've been locked down for about three months. A lot of people are very sick of it. They're calling for the premier Dan Andrews, premier. That's like a Australian version of governor. If you, for those who don't know, um, mm. they're calling for him to resign, even though. Uh, it, it's not, not much you can do about it. You know, he's following the medical advice and keeping that part of the state, which is a good chunk of it locked down. I'm fortunate. I'm in a more regional area where COVID is essentially eradicated. They haven't been at like the, in my part of Australia, Corio, Geelong, Lara, there hasn't been a positive case in like two, three months. So good. we're, so we're pretty much, pretty much eradicated at my part. Um, but you know, Metro Melbourne and you know, uh, my, this is so sad, my 90 year old grandmother, near 90 year old grandmother is so sad and so alone. And, you know, it's just, and she lives about uh, two hours away from me and I can't oh. go, I, I can't go see her. My mum can't go see her. Uh, she's living with uh, my aunt and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just very sad, but you know, can you, can you zoom her? Yeah, we've been zooming. So that's, that, that's a good thing. We've, we've organized that, which is nice, but it's still, yeah. Still very sad, and you know, you know, my mother's going, my mother's going stir crazy as well. She wants out badly, but you know, it's just there's just nothing we can do, guys. We have to stay the course until there is a vaccine, and hope enough people you know that grow a brain to take it. So, um. basically, I mean, I, I like as I said, I live here in DC, and in DC, I don't, I don't, I don't have the freedom of living anywhere rural. Unfortunately, I'm glad things are the way that they are for you, Mitch. I really am. But as far as here, 
it's a disaster. And worse yet, I mean, you've got people that are wandering out of their houses and walking into stores with no masks on. Um, I remember I went down to, we have a, a packaging room in the apartment that I live in. I went down to, to get a package and I was just about to leave and somebody came in without a mask. And I just looked at him like he was from outer space. Like people are not thinking, I mean, forgive me fellow Washingtonians, but y'all dumb. Like you're just, you're just, you're absolutely asking for it. Nobody's being careful. I know we want to get back to normal. I'm just as sick of this as you are, but this is not how you go about it. If you would just keep masks on your face, wash your hands, social distance, the whole nine, all the stuff we're sick of hearing, just yeah. keep doing it and stop getting sick of it. Then maybe we've got a shot at it. But here it's just a disaster area. It really yeah. is bad here. Yeah. I, well, I mean, from what I've read uh, in the media, it seems like, the whole country is a bit of a disaster area. No disrespect. So, no, it is. It's you're not being disrespectful. You're just being accurate. Like it, it is that way. And I mean, again, I mean, it, I understand in some small way how your grandmother feels. It is because I'm very high risk. Because unfortunately, my immune system is trash. Because yeah. I already had COVID, yeah. so I have to be very careful too. And it is annoying. I mean, I get out once a week with a friend with whom I social distance and we just go take a walk at, at, a, uh, at Rock Creek Park in DC where nobody else is. But that enables me to have some kind of give and take yeah. in a more physical sense. But I get that exactly once a week. Other than that, my outreach is sitting here in front of this stupid webcam on Zoom. That's the only thing I've got. And it does get old when you're by yourself. It's hard. I understand that. Yeah. It's very, very tough. Yeah, it's just... But we just have to stay the course, stay the course till we get vaccines. It's the only thing we can happen. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, I know this is off topic, but people who are afraid of, you know, vaccine because it's been rushed and because, you know, the quickest vaccine beforehand was the mumps and that took four years to develop. You know, the mumps vaccine didn't have one ten thousandth the funding and resources poured into it as the COVID vaccine has had. So seriously, guys, they're not going to give us an injection full of poison. It will be safe. So when the vaccine comes, just take it, please. Right. And people are rushing to be a part of the trials too. Like exactly. they, they're in it for the, I love it, oh Seth goodness. Rollins. They're, they're in it for the greater good and they're willing to do it for free. They're willing to go in and put this stuff in their veins for free and we've only heard of one botch job so far at Oxford, but they got the vaccine restarted and they're back in trials and everything's yeah. fine again. It was only one issue and it wasn't related to the vaccine itself because yeah, somebody was already sick when they started taking it. And it seems like uh, um, American regulators are using that as an excuse to push American-made vaccines, which is sad. But you know what? That's Yeah. We've talked about COVID and politics enough. This is about wrestling and comic books, so let's move on. But it does... Yeah. It does Put into a segue, um, another thing we, I wanted to talk about to the COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all been that hard. We've all been Netflixing. We've all been HBO Maxing. Well, not me, because it's not here in Australia, but we've all been, you know, Disney Plusing and all that stuff and watching every movie and TV show known to man. Comic book, comic book movies and TV shows have been the most popular. And because, you know, comic book stuff is just being rated for adaptation these days. And, yeah. you know, a lot of shows and a lot of films have either been delayed or just aren't filming. But until recently, it seems that California has got COVID down to a level they feel comfortable enough to get the economy going again. And of course, their their main, well, somewhat. (laughs) Well, it's not. They're just fooling themselves into thinking it is. They're just, it's just what you said earlier. They're just tired of waiting around. That's all it is. It's not under control anywhere. 
Well, they think it is. So that's 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 the point I'm trying to make. Even though it's not, they think it is. And so they want money. They want money, bro. They just I, I know. Money. I know they do. I know they do. It's just that they and they've so and they've. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's like they've started opening the theaters, and the interesting thing is. Um, they, they, okay, so here in DC, they did a, a poll on our, our local Fox affiliate, Channel 5. If the movie theaters reopen, will you go? I still remember this because it aired right after an episode of SmackDown. And I was watching to see what those numbers were. 92% said they wouldn't go. Yeah. 8% uh-huh. said they would. Yeah. Everyone's telling you to keep the movie theaters shut down and that they're not coming. Why are you not listening? We're not coming. You can open the doors. You can bake the popcorn. You can set the now or late now and later's out. We are not coming. You're yeah. wasting your time. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. I just had to get that out. <laughs> well, I mean, cinema chains are going bankrupt, mate. If, if we're not if if they, if they don't open soon, I mean, that's 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 their argument that will, everything will be streaming from there on the day the movies all will end. But you know, that's 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 another thing. So here we go. But look, um, yeah. as we said, you know, California's filming again, and all the comic book shows and movies are filming again or coming back. I mean, one of my favorite shows ever, Lucifer on Netflix. You know, that's, oh, we know. Yeah, <laughs> I talk about it a great deal backstage at Wrestle Royalty, but a tiny um, bit, yeah, just yeah. a tiny bit, a smidgen, if you will. Well, well, I got other fans on there <laughs> I talk to about it, so it's all good. Um, it's all that'll me talk about not Japan nonstop. So take your pics. <laughs> we talk about the stuff we love. I get it. No shade. <laughs> now, Lucifer, <laughs> that's uh, begun filming uh, their last season, season six. Um, all the other comic book shows, the Arrowverse shows on the CW, uh, obviously Arrow's f- finished last year, but all the associated shows, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. I'm especially interested to see Batwoman since Ruby Rose has been replaced. But you know, that I've, I've gone into detail about that in previous podcasts. Please check those out. And so I'm excited to see all those back again. I know uh, Botch isn't the biggest superhero fan in the world, so... But like you know, as you said, what do you? Th- it's it's like the um, pro wrestling thing. What do you think about you know all these shows coming back and resuming filming? So uh, again, it's just it, there's there's one fundamental thread that's kind of run through this entire podcast, and 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 what it is is, you know, there are decisions that need to be made about you know just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Mm. I mean, how on earth a kit? Are you supposed to socially distance if you're filming scenes with two people in it? Like you kind of can't do it. Yeah. Um, and plus, I mean, you've got to, let's look at the way movies are shot, right? You've got to have a camera person. You have to have the director. Director of cinematography is probably there. Yeah. You've got to have somebody to slate it. You've got to have a camera puller. All of these people have to be in relatively close proximity to each other yeah. in order to get a movie filmed. I just... It just doesn't seem like the best idea. Nothing is, but I mean, this really just seems like a recipe for disaster. All it's going to take is for somebody on that set to come in benign contact with somebody that had it and didn't show symptoms. Yeah. And then your whole thing's out. Yeah. Well, well here's the thing. Apparently what they're doing is um, Amy Garcia, one of the stars of Lucifer, who plays uh, uh, Dr. Ella Lopez, the uh, forensic scientist on that show. Um, also, for you, for you guys, she's written screenplays and a comic book with former WWE star a- uh, AJ Lee. 
So that's a, another thing about how comedy books and pro wrestling always intersect because that's what this show's about because they intersect so often. It's not just Stephen Amell showing up in All In or Raw, trust me. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, she uh, did a Instagram, few Instagram stories about how they're filming the show and essentially all the camera crew, all the makeup artists, everybody's in full masks, gloves, uh, face shields. And the actors, when they're not acting on, on screen, obviously being filmed acting, whatever, what they're doing is they're staying in these little tents that they're calling pods. And, you know, if they have, need to have their makeup retouched or anything, uh, the makeup artist comes in fully kitted out, almost in like a biohazard suit to do their makeup and then they bugger off. And then, you know, it's, they're, they're like seven or eight feet apart for the whole thing. And that's how they're doing it. They're taking every precaution known and it's probably slowing filming to a crawl but they're still filming. So, and it's, it's, I'm of two minds of it because I'm pretty sure everyone on earth has uh, watched every film and TV known to man by now. <laughs> and so we need, we're going to have to get new stuff out eventually. And uh, with the precautions they've taken, I think risk of exposure is minimal, but the risk is still there. And yeah. so it's, it's such a hard thing. And also it's not the same environment that they would probably want to work in as well, because uh, actors on shows like this, for fo- they've worked together for so long, they get very chummy. You now they want to sit together in the makeup chairs and joke and have a round and socialize. And, and that, they can't do that now. So it's just, it's just such a weird. It's just a, it's just a human thing. I mean, I, I, obviously I can't, I can't speak, a, speak on it from an actor's perspective, but I certainly can't speak on it from mine. I miss human contact for real, for real. Like <laughs> we all like if you're not living with somebody, if you're single like me, all I have is a cat. It's not the same. Like I would love to have some human contact. So I get the, the tendency that, that you're talking about, Mitch. It makes perfect sense. And, and it's, it's just kind of the way things are done. Like you shoot with somebody for, for, you know, for, for a long time, it kind of, they get close. It becomes very much its own family, especially if it's like on TV and it's a TV series, it goes on long enough. The actors and the directors, the, everybody kind of becomes family and they want to be together, but you can't, like, it's not possible. So it's got to mess with, the, certainly that kind of forced distancing has to show up in the dynamics of whatever it is they're shooting somehow. And another thing too, with the, uh, the guidelines for filming, they can't do love scenes. I mean, I'm, I don't even think they can do kissing. So it's going to be such a, and, and a big part of the list of the show is the, it's the romance. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to work that out. I mean, are, are they going to have like, you know, 20 COVID tests every day to make sure that they're clean. And when they do the, do the scenes, I mean, holy cow. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah. probably going to, they're probably going to be tested more than porn actors. So. <laughs> you think yeah i mean i guess we talked a bit about this earlier like of course because they're they're getting ready to redo wonder woman that's just going to take a tremendous amount of editing they're going to end up spending an awful lot of money a lot awful lot of money with whoever their editor is because he's going to be sitting there forever trying to cut things to make it look like people to people are together when they can't be so it'd be very interesting to see what that looks like after they've cut it now the, the wonder woman film that's that was filmed and done before um uh, oh, it was done. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Well, uh, See? Yeah. yeah but- shows you what I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought they were getting ready to film it. I'm sorry. No, but, uh, seg- but that's a segue to the next topic. Um, uh, films coming out because there are a lot of films 
specific, uh, especially comic book films that have been de- uh, releases have been delayed because all the cinemas are shut. You know, movies that would make cinemas the most money, and so they're holding them out instead of releasing them streaming. I mean, Disney released Mulan remake on Disney Plus because mm-hmm. um, they thought they thought there was a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment in the world due to COVID, and so it wouldn't have made much money in the cinemas anyway. So they thought, all right, we'll just release it online and we'll charge people for it, and nobody bought it. So, and that that happens. So there are some. Yeah, that model doesn't work. I mean, there really is something to the experience of going to a movie theater. Yeah. It's not like, um, you know, when we were younger, like we're the newer the newer generation doesn't care about going to the record store. But there is something to going to a movie theater. That's an experience. Like it, that's a whole experience. The screen's a whole lot larger. There's just, the sound is better. You can't replicate that in your home, no matter how big it is. There really is something to the, there really is magic to going to the movies that you can't replicate unless you're there. It's a whole experience and Disney plus ain't the same thing. So, I mean, I, I'm a massive movie buff. I love going to the cinema. I miss going to the cinema terribly. I'm, I, I even miss things like, you know, the you know imitation butter on the popcorn, the terrible imitation butter you get. Sure. I, I miss being charged five bucks for a for a Mars bar. <laughs> I miss yeah. being I miss being you know having to clean my shoes because of the sticky cinema floor. I miss yeah. all that. I don't care about all that. I want to do all that again, but I don't see how that's ever going to happen. But you know, I guess I was I've been thinking about that a lot, and I guess maybe, I guess maybe what it is is. See, but even, first of all, they'd have to improve the ventilation. That's the first thing. Because nobody, nobody figured that that was ever going to be an issue, and now all of a sudden it is. Yeah. So you have to improve the ventilation. Maybe you do like a pod thing. Yeah, maybe. Where you've just got people in pods, like your immediate family can get into a pod and watch a movie. And yeah. maybe you do it that way. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not going to be easy. No. I pity them for having to figure it out. Even when, even when we do get a vaccine, it'll take six months before enough people are vaccinated that, 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 could, be, that could be done. Or, you know, we could all go the Darwinism route, make sure everybody who's at most at risk get vaccinated and we'll just take our chances with everyone else. Who knows? You, you know what it, could, what it should have been, though. It's a shame that these don't exist anymore. But you remember, well, you wouldn't remember because you weren't there. Neither were, neither. I was just at the tail end of the concept of the drive movie. Oh yeah, drive-throughs. If drive-in movies were a thing, that would that would be safe. Like have a drive-in movie. They're doing it with wrestling. There are indie yeah, promotions right. that are putting on like drive-up wrestling, which I think is absolutely brilliant. FYI, yeah. the AAA promotion in Mexico are doing all their shows that way. They're getting like yeah. five, six hundred cars and it's big, massive. I think it's like a soccer field or something that they've booked. For, yeah, like, that's what it is. Or, or like they find these big parking lots. Reality of yeah. uh, Reality of Wrestling Booker's yeah. promotion did that. They found this giant parking lot yeah. in a in a in a shopping mall that no one can go into, and they just use that. People drive up, they watch the show, everyone's happy. Yeah, I mean that that yeah. There is there are two or three drive-in movie theaters in Australia, but not too many. And I'm sure there's probably more in America, but probably not enough to sustain a wide, you know, film release. So I, that's probably the reason why they're not doing it. They would have to build like a million new drive-in theaters, and that just wouldn't work. So I mean, so so there's there's one that's there's no it's not a drive-through, but there is one movie theater that's near me that has an absolutely giant parking lot, like giant. Oh, okay. 
what would stop them? And I'm just thinking about this now, like this second, it's just a stream of consciousness. I wonder what would stop them from creating a big screen experience in a parking, in a giant parking lot and just have people drive up and watch it. Would you get the same number of people? No, you wouldn't. But you could at least have some semblance of that experience. Plus, you can treat it like it's like a throwback, like a nostalgia thing. Your parents did it. It was good enough for your parents. And then you could even every once in a while, like, for instance, you could get like an old movie from like the 50s, like maybe Camille or something or Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. And treat it like a nostalgia kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just a thought I'm having. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are ways out of this if you have yeah. a big enough parking lot to do it. Now, granted, they don't all. Yeah. But for my, those that do, you could do it. My, my cinema doesn't have a parking lot. My cinema has a deal with the, um, uh, um, you, Americans call them malls, but we call them big shopping centers. Uh, the, right. To use their car park. They get, we get this, if you go to the cinema and then you go out to the car park and show them your ticket, you get this kind of parking. So, yeah, they validate you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, that, that's how they do it. So we, could, we couldn't do it my neck of the woods, sadly. And the nearest drive through theater for me is three hours away. So that's not an option. But look, I mean, yeah. the reason why they're, uh, you know, delaying all these movies, like the two big movies of this year, two big superhero movies of this year were going to be Wonder Woman 1984, the Wonder Woman sequel, yeah. and the Black Marvel's Black Widow solo film. Uh, from mm. the Marvel Avengers side of things. And it was going to be cool. 2020 was going to be the year of the superheroine. Then COVID happened. And so these films keep getting delayed, keep getting delayed, delayed. And it's just so sad. And the people involved with these films are proud of it. And they want us to see it. You know, comic book nerds like me desperately want to see it, but chances are we probably won't see it till this time next year. So yeah, I mean, I think in, in a large, to a large extent, they're holding out for the hope of normalcy. And I don't know that normal comes back. I think I really don't. I think irregardless of who's in charge in America, I think what will happen is the most vulnerable will be vaccinated and everybody else will just go to the Darwinism route, survival of the fittest, and everyone will be, everything will be opened up and, just, and, uh, and hopefully nobody gets it. I, that's... For, based on what I've seen going on in America, I think that's probably what's going to happen, sadly, unfortunately. It sounds a lot like us here, yeah. I think you're probably dead on. It's unfortunate, but you're probably right. I mean, but, here, it's been discussed. Um, uh, we're buying, like, 25 million doses of the Oxford vaccine once that's approved, and we're making our own vaccine. There's a vaccine being developed here that's going to be ready mid-year, so we're going to buy 20, 25 million vials of that. And then we're going to start making our own vaccine and hopefully by mid year, we'll all have all had the shot and everything will be back to normal, but they'll, you know, reintroduce things at stages. Like, you know, at first stage, the most vulnerable will get it. And then they'll might, um, they might open theaters up for limited capacity. They might open sporting events for limited capacity. They might do a tier, uh, a stage opening up thing to get money into the economy and just get us, get us all going. So if that happens, I might be able to see, these wonderful films very you know not very soon but hopefully sooner than this time next year maybe maybe i'll get to see um uh, uh wonder woman and black widow in march and and that's another and then there are more movies coming out in 2021 as well because that big dc fandom event virtual event which was a lot of fun i, I know uh, you didn't take part of it but i wish you had you you, you would have I, I, I tr for everyone listening i tried to get botch reed to join into that thing to try to convert him into a comic book fan it never happened but uh, but um it was 
it was just a watch of one thing. I know he's laughing himself at the minute. You can't hear it because he's got the, the way he sets his mic. <laughs> now he's got it on because he's turned the volume. I'm sorry. I'm not a comic book person. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's half this podcast. No, never mind. But, um, I know. It is. You're right. <laughs> but like, you know, a lot of the movies are coming out next year anyway. I mean, the Suicide Squad with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I'm super excited to see that. So there's still stuff coming. So there's stuff to look forward to. So that's basically what I'm saying. You know, stick, stay the course, get the shot, get the jab, as we say in Australia when it comes available, and then go <laughs> see all your favourite comic book movies, okay? From us, please. There you go. Yeah, okay. Well... <laughs> I think that's about it. This about wraps it up for season two debut of Storytelling in Spandex. We've had an absolutely wonderful time. We've trailed off a bit, as we often do. But, yeah, that's but us. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've enjoyed us. Uh, be sure to follow Botch Reed on Twitter at, at uh, Botch Reed. And be sure to follow Storytelling at Spandex on uh, at Spandex Pod on Twitter and at Spandex underscore pod on Instagram. Thank you very much, guys. See you later.